I like to cook on the big green egg. Why? It's impressive and everything turns out great on the big green egg. If you don't have one, you got to go to Wasi's Meat Market and get a big green egg. They have the lowest prices in the country. They also have all the accessories. They even have a classroom set up to teach you all the basic techniques on the big green egg and advanced techniques on the big green egg. When you get the big green egg from Wasi's Meat Market, there's a lifetime guarantee. So check them out. It's Wasi's Meat Market. Check them out on Instagram or just go to their website, wasi'smeatmarket.com in Melbourne on Wickham Road. It's Wasi's Meat Market. You're listening to Non-Compliant America with J.D. Rucker. The show starts... Now. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Non-Compliant America podcast with J.D. Rucker. That's me. This is obviously a brand new podcast, one that I'm going to be putting out, at least at first, I'm going to be putting it out weekly. Now, eventually, this could turn into something that's more than once a week, maybe twice a week, three times, as many as seven times a week, maybe more. Maybe this just grows out of control, and all of a sudden, I am doing podcasts every few minutes. You never know. It could happen. I doubt it, but we'll see. The reason that it could happen, though, is because the need for this podcast, for non-compliant America is is great right now it was great before the coronavirus but now with the coronavirus it the need is just absolutely humongous it's tremendous it's huge now before we get started i want to make something very 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 clear okay i am not against the police i am not against government i'm not one who says you know anarchy anarchy i'm also not one who is uh who's necessarily a conspiracy theorist who sees evil around every corner. I do believe that if there's people, people are generally evil, (laughs) all of us. So yes, you could say, yeah, okay, so there's evil around every corner, technically speaking. But I, I don't buy into a lot of the conspiracy theories out there. I would say the vast majority of them are labeled properly. You know, I don't think that the earth is flat. I am fairly certain that Paul McCartney did not die in the 1960s to be replaced by a doppelganger. And I don't think that, I don't think that they're putting things in the water to make the frogs turn gay. I don't even know what, what, I didn't know there were gay frogs, but apparently there are. And, uh, you know, people have tried to classify me as, as one who believes in such things. And I am not, I will believe in the truth. And the truth is, we have, as Americans, a desperate need for non-compliance today. I'm not talking about just rebelling against the system for the sake of rebelling. I'm talking about sensible, constitutional, biblical, non-compliance. If it doesn't make sense, we shouldn't do it. And there are many, many things that do not make sense in America today. So that's what's prompted this podcast to to come forward. I do several others. You know, I started podcasting not too long ago, but I have grown addicted to it. I have a website called Knock Report, N-O-Q-Report.com. It's a news site. It focuses on conservatism, Christianity, culture. It's a labor of love, we'll say, 
you know, none of the writers are paid. I am blessed to have several amazing writers who write for the site. The site does very well. It, it's not a huge site yet, but we did have our first million visitor month a couple of months ago, and it's, it's tearing through. Things are, are looking very good for the site, but there's a challenge. Even though I type quite fast, uh, it's not as easy to type as it is to talk. So I might not be that good at talking. <laughs> I might not be that good at writing. But we're we're going to try both because they are what I love and what I enjoy. And, at least in my not-so-humble opinion, what America needs to hear right now. So what is this about? What is this non-compliant America that I'm talking about? I believe there are five stages of quote-unquote non-compliance. Okay? And when I'm referring to non-compliance, let's define that right up front. This is to not comply with government mandates, government orders, certain laws. Okay, Am I suggesting that we should go out and break laws? No, of course not. But there are certain times, especially as we're seeing during the coronavirus, during this lockdown, when we need to, as a free people, as Americans, who are beholden first and foremost to those of us who are Christian, first and foremost to our faith, and second to the Constitution, because the Constitution is what reminds government that they do have boundaries, that government is of, for, and by the people. In other words, we are the government. They are just the representatives that we have elected to represent us. Unfortunately, things have changed in America over the last, well, call it 200 years. The initial ideas from the founders were righteous, but things have methodically been reversed to the point that now our representatives act as if they are our masters. We're seeing this across the board, whether it's the city level, county, state, federal. At every level, there seems to be this desire to control, and we as a free people must fight back. So to do this, I believe there are five degrees. We don't call them levels. It's easier to call them degrees of non-compliance. You know, the first one is very simple, just to oppose. Oppose what they're saying. Oppose what they're doing. A new mandate, new executive order comes out from your mayor or your governor or whoever. Oppose it. If you don't think that it's constitutional or if you don't think that it's right, if it doesn't fit into our natural rights to be able to live freely, not to hurt others, I'm not one who says, you know, do as you will. That's the whole of the law. That's Luciferianism, and that's not what I'm suggesting. But that libertarian streak in me says pretty much if it doesn't harm others, why should we be stopped from doing it, right? So if you have a degree of uh, opposition, then express it. It could be as simple as, as just saying it on Twitter or Facebook. It could be sending your representatives, your mayors, your congressmen, whoever, sending them a letter, an email, could be uh, giving them a call, pick up the phone, give them a call and say, hey, I don't like this. And I, I think you should you should re reconsider. You know, don't pass this law or send this executive order, whatever. Stage two, level two, degree two of noncompliance, the way that I see it, is to protest. Sometimes laws pass. Sometimes mandates are mandated. Sometimes executive orders come forth and they just don't make sense. We've been seeing a lot of this lately, especially because of the 
coronavirus. And as a result, we've been seeing patriots going to state capitals, city halls, protesting, saying, this is wrong, we want it to stop. So that's that's level two. I'm wholeheartedly in favor of that, especially if what is being opposed is unrighteous. And a lot of these things, this, this whole coronavirus panic has caused a lot of, or I shouldn't say caused, it has acted as an excuse for little tyrants to express their tyranny, to expand their power, to grab more from the people, and to hold the people back. The third degree of non-compliance, in my books, again, my opinion, is legal opposition. Take it to the courts. We've seen this working. We saw it work in Wisconsin, as well as Oregon, I believe, very recently, where the executive orders from the governors were shot down by the courts after lawsuits from patriotic Americans who said, look, this lockdown, they had 28 days, according to the state constitutions. Both state constitutions said 28 days. After that, for an executive order, for an emergency order to be extended, requires the state legislature. That makes sense. That's one of the most plain and simple examples of proper American government working. Okay? Things happen. Emergencies happen. Can't always wait for legislation to pass. So you give the executive branch, in this case the governors, the power to issue immediate orders, executive orders, states of emergency. Makes sense, right? But 28 days is plenty of time to assess the situation and for the legislature to then codify the extension of the executive orders. Well, these governors couldn't get their state legislatures to comply with their desires, so they tried to extend it anyway, and the courts shot them down. So this third degree of non-compliance is you see something that doesn't make sense, that's unconstitutional, whether the U.S. Constitution or your state constitution, or that's against the law, or maybe it just doesn't make any sense. Take it to the courts. The fourth one, fourth degree of non-compliance, is one that I used to not be a very big fan of. Okay, I'll admit it, I was not a big fan of civil disobedience before. It's not because I don't think that it works. Of course it works. We saw civil disobedience drove the civil rights movement in the 60s. Civil disobedience can be arguably the reason that the Vietnam War ended. Civil disobedience works, and it should work now. Now, when I say that I wasn't a fan before, it's not like I said, it's not because I didn't believe in it. It's because I didn't think that we needed to extend our our efforts to fight tyranny beyond those first three levels. You know, I would jump if, if you couldn't get those first three to go, then I would go straight to the ballot box. Okay, we can't we can't fix it with uh, opposition, with protests, with with lawsuits. Then our next best recourse is the ballot box. Well, guess what? With this coronavirus lockdown, with this crippling of our economy, with the suppression of the Constitution, so many of our rights being put on hold or removed altogether, we can't wait for the ballot box. Things are falling apart around us, in our lives. So, we need action now. And that means, in many cases, it means civil disobedience. We saw what happened with Shelley Luther, the salon owner in Dallas. She was struggling to feed her family. Her stylists were struggling to feed their families. The order came from Governor Greg Abbott, 
that she couldn't open up yet. Well, she said, no, I will open up. I have to. I have to feed my family. My stylists have to feed their families. And so she defied the order. She engaged in civil disobedience. And as a result, she was arrested. She actually was taken to jail for a, a day. She was supposed to stay for seven days. But they let her out early. Why? Because this particular piece of civil disobedience worked. It drew a national spotlight to her plight. And as a result, in one day, two very important things happened. First, Governor Abbott said, you know what? Let's go ahead and pull back on this executive order. Let's even make it so that anything that this, this young woman, Shelley Luther, did, that she never broke the law. You know, it's very 1984-ish rewriting of history, but in this case, at least it was a positive thing. <laughs> Shelley Luther didn't break the law, and Shelley Luther never broke the law. Yeah, it was good. It, it worked out nicely. And Dan Patrick, the uh, lieutenant governor, even offered to pay her $7,000 fine. I don't know what came of that, but it wouldn't have mattered because she even had a GoFundMe page that uh, that was able to generate half a million dollars. I don't know what she's done with it. I don't know if she's even gotten it. But I'm glad that it worked, folks. Civil disobedience is, to me, the last reasonable step. And again, I didn't think it was reasonable before. I thought, wait for the elections. What can be so pressing that we can't wait for the elections if opposition, protests, and legal actions don't work? Well, now I know. I, ha I stand corrected. The coronavirus has put us into a situation in which the reactions to it have, in many ways destroyed our country and that's not acceptable so we have to act and it's not just because we're in a hurry to get things back up and running the bigger reason that i am very much focused on those first four degrees opposition protests legal action civil disobedience is because the fifth degree is the one that i fear the most it's the one that I don't want to ever see happen, but it could if things continued in this direction, if these lockdowns continue, or if there's a second wave of coronavirus that terrifies people again, if we're forced to wait for the cure or wait for the vaccine or wait for whatever, and our lives continue to fall apart as a result of this fear of a disease that if you look at the actual infectious rate, you have about a one or two chance in 10,000 of dying from it. If these things continue, then we get to that fifth degree and that's civil war. And I don't want to see that. You shouldn't want to see it either. I know there's a lot of people that do. I know there's a lot of people that say, you know what? This country needs a big shakeup. We need a civil war. We need to get back to the way things were. We need to stop it. Just stop. Okay. <laughs> I like how uh, Officer Greg Anderson up in... Uh, Port of Seattle, you know, he made a viral video about how he believed that police officers should not be enforcing these draconian lockdowns. He said that they, in many ways, were unconstitutional and that they are hurting their ability to connect with communities by going after people for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, for not, not being considered essential, for not having their papers ready, you know. But he said something in his, uh, in his viral video. That ended up getting him fired from his job. He said, you know what? I see all these police officers out there who've never been to war, never had to really face true 
fighting. He says, they're not ready. They think they're ready, but they're not ready. They're not ready for an armed people, an armed uprising. And I would say the opposite is true too. There's a lot of people out there who are like, oh yeah, civil war. Yeah. Grab your AR-15s. They're not ready either. Not only are they not ready to shoot people, they're not ready to die. And that's not a bad thing. Okay. I greatly appreciate our men and women in the armed forces, our law enforcement officers here in the United States, the people that are trained and ready if necessary to take a life or to give their own in exchange for the freedoms that America represents. I, I am greatly humbled and in many ways rendered speechless by their willingness to sacrifice, which is why I am so against any concept, any thought of pushing forward to that fifth degree of opposition, of noncompliance. I don't want to see a civil war. So by golly, this podcast is going to focus on making sure that if we're heading in that direction, that first, second, third, and fourth degree, they have to work. They have to work. Period. They have to work. Because we can't go on like this, and yet we can't expect change to happen if we aren't fighting for it in some way. There's a story today that prompted me, and I was going to actually wait for for publishing this particular podcast, simply because we're not ready. Uh, we, as in myself and uh, my wife, as well as Jeff Dornick and his wife, we are putting together what's called the Freedom First Network. It will be launching next week, and that was when I had planned on officially launching the Non-Compliant America podcast with J.D. Rucker. That's me. <laughs> but a story popped up today that I thought, wow, we need to get ready fast. Even if the website for Freedom First isn't ready, even if the list of shows aren't ready, we got a lot of great ones coming. People that I, I, we are so blessed to have such a strong lineup of podcasters ready to go. But this podcast couldn't wait because this story comes to us from the Associated Press. Okay, They tweeted it out. The, uh, the title of the story is Detective Nurse Confidant. Virus tracers play many roles. Okay, so that's interesting. So I read the tweet itself. It says, to guard against a resurgence of the coronavirus, experts say the U.S. needs 300,000 contact tracers to adequately curtail the spread. Contact tracing requires a hybrid job of interrogator, therapist, and nurse as they coax nervous people to be honest. That is the most draconian statement I think I've ever read in a news story, ever, at least from AP. I've seen other draconian statements, <laughs> but that one, the way this is positioned, okay, this is terrifying. I'm smiling as I say this because I can't believe that I just read this. I can't believe that I'm telling you about this right now. Can you believe that they're talking about hiring 300,000 contact tracers who will be acting as interrogators, therapists, and nurses to coax nervous people to be honest. 
to go door to door and say, hi, I am your local contact tracer. I'm here to help you. Now, if you only answer these questions and give us a sample of your blood and everybody in the household, we'll go ahead and move along. And then we'll come back later to tell you how things went. That may not be exactly how it's going to go down, but it's not going to be far off, folks. This is what I mean by the need for this podcast, the Non-Compliant America podcast. I'm not going to go into why, though. You know, I'm going to leave that one open because I want to hear from you guys. I have ideas. It's funny because I went, I have all these notes and ideas about what to talk about this. But now that we're here, now that we're in mid-podcast, I am actually going to not. I'm going to hold off. Not because I don't want to tell you what I think, but because this particular episode being our launch episode, is the perfect opportunity for me to ask you, the listeners, what you think. What do you think of this? What does this make you feel? What sort of compliance or non-compliance should we as American people, American patriots, be expressing about this news? I'll put this article, obviously, in the show notes and... uh, And I encourage you to read it and do your own research. I'll also be posting about this on knockreport.com, noqreport.com. But but yeah, I'm going to hold off now. We're making a a split-second command decision to not describe what it is that I feel about this. There's another reason, though, because we're already at the uh, 23-minute mark. And the goal of this podcast was to keep it under 25 minutes and uh to do that i definitely can't get into my rant about what i think of contact tracers because we'll be here all day this will be a seven hour podcast uh and and that'll just be getting me started because i do have a lot of opinions about this so folks as you contemplate your days reach out to me i want to hear from you you can Easily reach out to me by going to noqreport.com, clicking on the contact button. You can always find me on Twitter at JD Rucker. I don't really Facebook very much, so so you won't really find me there. If you contact me there, I should probably get back to you within the next four to six months. But uh, yeah, Twitter, I'm usually pretty responsive. My DMs are open. And uh, of course, if you click the contact button at knockreport.com, I will get a direct email from you. So, and I respond. So, there's that. Let me know what you think. Where do you want this podcast to go? What do you think of this contact tracing stuff? Trying to keep this this podcast from getting an explicit warning. So, we're just going to call it stuff. So, reach out. Give me your thoughts. I'll give you mine next time. Again, we'll be doing this every week going forward. In the meantime, stay strong, stay safe, and God bless. 